Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Well by us to bring great relationships into our lives. But it is our responsibility to work on ourselves. I said, love. You have, when, when, when we are talking about love and when you, are, you, you have a relationship, you need to put in the work. So that work also means working on yourself. And when you work on yourself, you will then be able to keep God-ordained relationships. God can bring people to you, but God cannot sustain the relationships for you. You are the one who is supposed to sustain the relationships. There are many people who are busy going around, uh, 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 probably even blaming God for being lonely, only to find that God actually did bring somebody or some people into their lives, but they are the ones who chased those people away. But praise be to God. Praise be to God because God is good. I did say earlier on he's a God of another chance. If we can work on ourselves, he can give us another chance. If we can work on ourselves, he can give us another chance. Another chance of bringing people close to us. And then we can be able to cultivate those relationships and have a good and a healthy life. So we are continuing with number nine. Love has got a characteristic of a pure heart. Love thinks no evil. The Bible says in the Passion Translation, it says, love is not quick to take offense. And I love it because this explains itself. That offense is taken. So offense is taken. You choose to take offense. So each time a person puts offense on the table, it is you who picks it up and make it your own. You take it yourself. So offense is taken. So you have a choice not to take offense. So you can always be alert in your life to say, I am not going to be a person who is quick to take offense because sometimes it's just a matter of miscommunication and misunderstanding. So instead of going to the corner of taking offense, you are hurting yourself. And when you are hurt, you cannot give love. So it is important that you are always on guard not to take offense. Sometimes it is not even the person you are in a relationship with who brings the offense or who puts the offense down. It is the enemy himself because he does not want us to have thriving relationships. Sometimes it is the things that are going on in our souls, in our minds, because the soul, remember we have learned beginning of the year that the soul is the mind, is where you process your thinking patterns, right? That's, where, that's the soul, where your will is, where your emotions are. That is the soul. So now most of the things that happen to us get engraved in our souls and by that happening to us, we then Take it out on the people that we love. We take offense because of what is happening in the inside of us. So that is why it is important that we don't take offense. Do not be quick to be offended. Because an offended heart is a brooding ground for negative thoughts. 
and negative thoughts about the people that we love will cause us to have impure hearts. Because each and every time when they say something, it will filter through the offense. Each and every time when they try to maybe even correct us, it will filter through the offense. So it is important that we line our thoughts in a proper way. How we think about the people that we love is critical. Make sure that you take charge of your thoughts when it comes to the people that you love. Why must you do that? Because the Bible says that as the man thinks, so is he in his heart. So you are going to take offense and have all of these thoughts in your heart, have all of these thoughts in your mind and end up then doing the thing that you don't even want to do to your loved ones. But why? It is because of the way you think about them. Sometimes the way we think about our loved ones will cause us to even label them in a certain way that they are not towards us. Some, you will hear somebody say, my sister does not love me. Why? You were offended at some point. You will hear somebody say, my wife, even in, in the marital uh, uh, um, relationship, we sometimes think that our spouses don't love us. Why? It is because we took offense and we did not deal with how we process our thoughts in as far as our loved ones is concerned. Somebody say amen. So never harbor or entertain any thoughts that are, are not in line with the way you love the person you are in a relationship with or the people that you love. Somebody say amen. Number 10, forgiveness. That is another quality of love. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Forgiveness in any form of a relationship is key. And how many times, Mamfundisi, must I forgive? You must forgive as many times as forgiveness is needed. Because any time you do not forgive or you have unforgiveness in your heart, you are going to kill that relationship that God has given you. In the TPT it says, love finds no delight in what is wrong. Sometimes when we don't forgive the people that we love, we end up becoming bitter towards them. That is why you will find people, they are still friends, but they don't wish each other well. They are still husband and wife, but they don't wish each other well. They are family, but they don't wish each other well. In most cases, the, the, the envy and the jealousy that is in siblings and in any kind of relationship, in, in, in friendships, it is because of unforgiveness. Sometimes it is unforgiveness of offense, the offense that we were talking about. The person does not even know that you are carrying offense with you each and every day when you see them, but you happen to be, you, you happened to be offended by them at some point and you did not forgive the offense. And because you did not forgive the offense, love cannot flow freely and love cannot live through you. You cannot receive their love and you cannot give them love. Somebody say, Amen. Why? It is because of unforgiveness. Many of us are unhappy when our colleagues or our spouses or our friends or our siblings, 
we are very much happy when something wrong happens to them. We need to get to the root of that. Why are you happy when something wrong happens to this person? That's the offense maybe that took place. So you need to sit down each time you feel like you don't wish this person well. Sit down and take stock. What is the root of this? And get to the bottom of it so that you can chop it out and get it out of the way so that your relationship will thrive. Somebody say amen. So let us make it personal. So you need to love yourself enough to forgive. Forgiveness is not for the next person. Forgiveness is for you. People don't have to be sorry for you to forgive them. People don't have to ask for forgiveness for you to forgive them. Why are you forgiving them even though they are not sorry? It is because forgiveness is not for them, but forgiveness is for you. Because you are the one who will carry them everywhere you go. They are busy living their lives. They are, uh, they are jolly good fellows. They are so good and they are doing, they are stress-free. There is nothing wrong that is happening in their lives because they offended you. But you are sitting down offended and carrying so much bitterness in your heart because of unforgiveness. So forgiveness is for you rather than the person who has offended you. So when you forgive a person, there are many people who are going around carrying people in their hearts. People who have offended them. People are very heavy in the heart. It is important that you are quick to forgive because people are heavy. There are many people who are carrying places in their hearts. A whole place. You are out of free state, but free state is in you wherever you are. You are out of Mbumbulu, but Mbumbulu is, is in you, Hillcrest. You are carrying a place, you are carrying a person, you are carrying an event. No wonder things are so heavy. You are always heavy, because when you are heavy, you can't carry much. Because you already have a load. And what, what is this load? For most of us, the load is places, is people, is events. We are carrying them in our hearts. Sometimes you will even hear a person say, I will never forgive that person. Guess what? That person is going on with their lives. And each time you wish them a, a misfortune, it's as if more blessings are coming. Let me tell you something. You know, God knows how to deal with us. If there is anyone who knows how to deal with us, it's God. To take out everything that he does not want in the inside of us. Each time you are, you are carrying a person and you are bitter towards a person and you don't want this person to even flourish in life. You don't want them to be blessed. You don't wish them well. Guess what? They are going to make it in life and you are going to know. And now there is even Instagram. And there is Facebook. You are going to be sick. And you are going to die inside just because somebody that you don't like is progressing in life. So forgiveness 
is the gift you can give to yourself. Forgiving people is a great gift that you can give to yourself. There is no one who can give it to you. God gave us the gift of forgiveness of our sins. But we are the ones who are supposed to give ourselves the gift of forgiving others. Forgive the places. Forgive the people. Forgive the events. Because each time you are busy harboring unforgiveness in your heart, you are empowering the offense to oppress you. But each time you forgive the perpetrator or you forgive the person or the event or the place, you are dismantling the power from the offense. So the offense will never be something that has got a hold on you, that has got power over you. Why? Because you have forgiven the person who did you wrong. It's about time that we are full of love. Everyone will wonder, but you did not. You are not a person who loved. How come you're not a person who used to smile and forgive? Why? It is because you want to be able to receive love. Because if you don't deal with all of these things that we are talking about, you will not be able to receive love. I'm sure Mfundisi did well in speaking about that the other week. To say, let love live. Love is supposed to flow. You are supposed to receive it and you are supposed to give it. And all of these things, if they are not put in place, they will hinder the flow of love. That is why you will find people having good spouses, but they can never. And you will even hear others saying, you know, if I can get a chance to have somebody like that person has, I will love them like I've never loved anyone before. Why? Because maybe that person does not see what they have. But the reason why we don't see what we have, it is because we have not worked on ourselves and love cannot flow. No matter how much the next person can try to love you, love is not flowing to you. Unforgiveness builds a wall that cannot be broken down by anyone except yourself. If you can forgive, that wall will come down and the, the love that you are supposed to receive and the love that you are supposed to give will be able to flow freely. Somebody say amen. You are doing yourself a favor when you forgive. Forgive people so that when they prosper, you are going to be able to sleep at night. Forgive them. Forgive them. As hard as it is, many things happen, especially when we are growing up. That's when we then accumulate a lot of unforgiveness. Sometimes the enemy will bring people who are going to hurt you and you will not even realize the fact that you've been hurt until you are older. Like with me as a pastor, we are dealing, my husband can tell you guys, like, like recently we are dealing with quite a number of counseling. And most of those counseling are about the fact that people did not deal with things at an early stage in their lives. Other people are married for a very long time, for years, but they did not deal with the fact that they did not enjoy their lives as a child. 
They did not enjoy their lives as a child. They were not children. They became adults instead of enjoying their childhood. Why? It is because of the things that have been happening to them. And the things that they witnessed, the things that they saw are engraved in their hearts. And when you go to your office, you go and you marry somebody, you have a beautiful home or whatever the case may be. But this little child is still crying because some of us think if we pretend as though these things are not there, they are going to go away. And we pretend that they are not there for so long. And when we hit a certain age, and maybe you come to church and you hear someone like this, and then you remember that actually I did not deal with the fact that I was rejected by my father. I did not deal with the fact that I was rejected by my mother. I did not deal with the fact that I was abused or I was raped or whatever the case may be. I did not deal with all of those things. Hence, I am a ticking time bomb in my relationships because everyone reminds me of what happened to me or what did not happen to me. Sometimes we, we need to forgive what they did and we need to forgive what they did not do. I'll say that again. Sometimes we need to forgive what they did, but sometimes we need to forgive what they did not do. Because sometimes you are bitter because of what did not happen. The expectation that you had. I said in Delmas the other week that, you know, when you are a, a child, no matter how small you are, the language that you understand, you cannot understand any, any other language, but the language that you can understand is the language of love. Every child understands the language of love. So if you, are a, if you were a child and you did not get love, that void is going to creep up in your adulthood. And it is something that you need to deal with and forgive what you did not get. Forgive the love that you did not get, that you were supposed to get. Forgive the, the parents that were not there, that were supposed to be there. Forgive the events where they were supposed to protect you, but they were not there. You forgive what they did, and you also forgive what they did not do. Somebody say amen. So forgiveness is key for us. Forgiveness is key not for the next person, but for ourselves. Somebody say forgive. I, you, can say, you, you can say it louder than that, forgive. forgive. Yes, please do forgive. Please do forgive. Please do forgive. You are going to be free. You don't even need that doctor. I'm sorry, shame to the doctors in this house. I'm very sorry. But sometimes you don't even need the doctor. You don't need the physician. You just need to forgive. Maybe sometimes, uh, maybe uh, 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 I will lay hands on the doctors in this church and they can do a spot diagnosis. I say, this one, I will not even waste my time. I am just going to tell them to forgive. Many people are sick 
not because of high blood pressure. Many people are sick, not because of stress or anything like that or anxiety or depression. Some of us, all that we need to do for anxiety to go away is to forgive. That's all. That's all. Forgive. Somebody asked me one day, I don't know why in Shalakangala, but somebody asked me one day, uh, I was busy with them, counseling them, and she said to me, I hear you. Say so I must forgive. But how? It's a very serious question. I understand you are saying I must forgive places, forgive people, forgive everything that I have said here this morning. But how do I begin? How do I do that? I replied and I said, you forgive by faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are unseen. You cannot see that you have forgiven. That is why we can't even see, because it's not written on you that you have not forgiven. But when you forgive, you forgive by faith. You say, I am going to forgive this person. And Lord, because you are the chief forgiver, you can help me through this process of forgiveness. Since I want to, you must want to forgive. And forgive by faith and say, Lord, I forgive this person. Lord, I forgive this place. Lord, I forgive this event. I forgive this offense. And then ask God to help you to manifest this forgiveness. And God is going to help you. By faith, you forgive. In your prayers, all by yourself, you say it to God. That Lord, I can see that I have not forgiven this place. I, I can see that I have not forgiven this event. I can see that I have not forgiven this person. Help me to forgive. I want to forgive. And you can even say it out loud. because. The Bible says we confess unto salvation. So for you to be saved from unforgiveness, you must confess unto salvation. Say it. Just even if you are driving to work, you are all by yourself. Because some of us want to forgive things we don't want to talk about. But because they are eating us up, we have to do the exercise of forgiving. So therefore, even if you are driving to work, I'm giving you practical things that you can do all by yourself at home when there is no one. Say it loud. You are the only one in God who will hear. And say, I forgive this person. I forgive this event. I forgive whatever it is that you've been carrying in your heart. It's time we experience the peace that surpasses all understanding that the Bible promises us. We cannot be carrying unforgiveness everywhere we go. We cannot be carrying unforgiveness of people who are carrying on with their lives. But we are here miserable in the blessings that God has blessed us with. 
Why? Because we are carrying things that have offended us, things that have happened to us. It's time we let go. It's time we let go. Forgive and release people in your heart. Release them. Release them. Let them go. Let them, let them fly away. Let them go. Let them go. Don't carry them everywhere you go. Some of us are punishing our spouses. For things that they did not do. It was that other man who did you wrong. It was not him. But now he is suffering because. But if you can forgive that event, if you can forgive that ex, if you can forgive that ex-husband, you will do well in the relationship you are in now. You will do better in other relationships in your life. If you can forgive the boss that treated you in a bad way, you can actually enjoy the one that you have now. Actually, the one you have now is not that bad. It's just that you are carrying the previous one. You are carrying the previous one in your heart. He's not that bad. If you can see him through the eyes of it's my first time being led by someone. It's my first time having a boss like this and not paste the previous one on the new one. So each time this man approaches, it's as if it's the ex-husband approaching. This is a new person. It's no longer that one. Sometimes, can I talk? Sometimes God blesses us with godly men. Full of love. But we are caring people. They have hurt us. We are caring the past. Each time he approaches, you see Sipo. And Sipo is not in this house. We are living with Sipo in this house. Sipo is in the inside of you. We are living with no Musa in this house. Sorry, Sismo. We are living with no Musa in this house. Because no Musa. Well, let me tell you something. Even if you can see no Musa now, not Sismo. Another no Musa. Okay, let me say Toli. Uh, there's no call in this, in this church. <laughs> if you can see them, but you still have that scar. You are punishing the person that God has given you because of Kolil. And you, you would not even want to be with Kolil if you can see Kolil now. What kind of a woman Kolil is? You would not want to be with Kolil. Many of us, men, hey, we're crying for first boyfriend, first girlfriend, tears, not eating, depressed. But today, if you can see him, you will rejoice and be glad in the name of the Lord and say, Lord, you are good. 
and your mercy endures forever. Thank you so much for rescuing me from Sipo. How is Sipo looking now? What kind? What kind is this one? Hey, what kind is this one? But the problem is that even though God helped you to escape Sipo, but Sipo lives in the inside of you because you have not forgiven. And now the one who is correct for you, the one who wants to give you love, you cannot receive. The sins of Sipo are upon him. Let us forgive. Do you see how important it is to forgive? Forgive. Don't carry anyone around. Don't carry any place around. Don't carry any event around. God wants us to experience peace. And that peace comes from a heart that has forgiven. Forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. We are continuing. Number 11. I'm watching my time. Honesty. Love rejoices in the truth. Love celebrates honesty. Any kind of a relationship that has got no honesty, that relationship will not last. I don't have to be a prophet anointed coming from wherever, wherever to prophesy to you to say that relationship will not last. Why? Because there is no honesty. Honesty in any relationship, in any sphere of love is important. Be honest about your past. Be honest about your present. Be honest about your future. Be honest about who you are. Somebody say amen. Rejoice in the, in, in the truth. Train yourself. Because some people have got a tendency of white lies. And I don't think there is a lie that is white. Lies are lies. So it is important that we hold honesty at high esteem in relationships. Be very honest. Sometimes the things that you fear are not even going to happen to you if you are being honest. You can just allow yourself to be honest to those who are around you because once they find the truth out, then the relationship will be jeopardized more than what it was going to be if you just told the truth. Tell the truth and nothing but the truth. Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 15, the Bible says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Hallelujah. So it is important that we speak the truth, but we must speak it in love. There are many people who are mean and they say they are being truthful. That is not being truthful. Being mean to your, to your spouse, being mean to your friends, to your colleagues, being mean to people that God has brought into your life is not being truthful. It is not being truthful. Being truthful comes with love. So everything that you say to your spouse, maybe for an example, maybe to your parents or whoever, just make sure that it is seasoned with love. Your truth must be told 
in love. Many of us who are speaking English now in our days always say it's my truth. Yes, it is your truth, but your truth can destroy if your truth is not undercutted by love. So you need to make sure that you tell your truth, but your truth must always be coated with love because you are building, you are not destroying. I am glad that I am speaking to the correct group of people in this church. We are builders. We are not destroyers. So don't destroy your marriage in the name of truth. Don't destroy your friendships in the name of truth. Many people say, Mina, I tell it as it is. Maybe even you are not like that. You are not, a mean, uh, you are not even a mean person. But people have labeled you like that. And you always want to live up to what they have labeled you about. They say, I, she just tells the truth. She tells it as it is. Or he tells it as it is. Yes, it's okay. It's good to tell it as it is. But it must be in love. If it has to do with the relationships that God has brought into your life, whatever truth it is, it must be in love. The Bible encourages us to speak the truth in love. Somebody say amen. Because flattery will not help us. Flattery will not help you in any way in your relationships. And what is flattery? Flattery is excessive and insincere praise given especially for, to further one's own interest. So this praise is not sincere. This praise is not truthful. It's just flattery. So that then this person can give you what you want or your interests may be met because you are flattering this person. So it is wrong to do that. It's good to encourage people, but don't flatter people. Speak the truth in love. Number 12, acceptance and safety. Love is supposed to be a safe place of shelter. Everyone needs to know that you are their safe place. Don't be the kind of a friend, kind of a colleague or a kind of a spouse that when I come to you and I tell you things that are happening to me or maybe things that I'm struggling with and then Fast forward to when we are having a misunderstanding and that is now your immunization. And that is now your, 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 your weapon to, to, to destroy me. Now, this is your weapon to put me in my place. Can I be in love? is supposed to be a safe place whereby we know that if I am vulnerable before you, you are not going to bring it up. In fact, let me take it to, to the next level in such a way that even if we are no longer in speaking terms, even if maybe it happens that our relationship ends up not working out as friends, I am not going to repeat what you told me when you were crying in a safe space that I was supposed to be for you. There are friends whom we trust so much. We trust them with our vulnerability. We come to them when we are vulnerable and we tell them our stories. We tell them what is happening in our hearts, what is going on in our minds and what is it that has happened to us, what is bothering us, what is happening in our emotions. We tell them in a time of vulnerability. But then 
Each time they are not happy with us, they take that out. And it becomes a weapon in their hands. Love is supposed to be a safe place of shelter. Are your friends safe with you? Are their secrets safe with you? Is your spouse safe with you? Can they tell you what they don't like without any fear of being judged or of being misunderstood or of being told where to get off? or of being looked at in another way, just because I told you the truth about how I am feeling and about what I am going through. Everyone that you claim to love, you are supposed to be a safe place for them. Everyone that you claim to love, be a safe place for them. In such a way that even if at work they don't take him any kind of notice or his friends maybe are turning against him or turning against her, can she come back home and be safe? Can he come back home and be safe? Can you come to church and be safe? In a relationship that we are in as pastors and congregational members, can we be safe with you? Can you be safe with us? Can you come to us as we, and never use what you have told us against you? Can we teach you how to do life and never turn and do the other thing? Are we safe for those that God has given us? Because that is safety. Because you must be safe with me so that when I teach you here, you can open your heart and receive. And it's not going to then turn out in another time that I am actually not what I am preaching. Because then you are not safe with me. Can we be safe for one another? Many people are depressed. Many people are lonely because there is no one who is safe for them. Everyone that they, become, that they became vulnerable to has turned their back on them and has used everything that they have told them against them. Can we be safe for those that we love? Number 13, belief. Love believes all things. It never stops believing. Believes that there is hope. Every day there is hope. Even though the person is taking long to understand, but there is hope. Even though whoever is part of the relationship you are in is not doing things the way you would want them to do, to do things, but you will believe that they are going to make sure that they do what they are supposed to do at some point. This is the reason why we must be careful of who we bring close and build strong relationships with because it will require us to put our gut down. Each time you bring somebody close to you, it will require you to put your gut down. Each time you get into a relationship with somebody that you feel you are safe with, you are always having your gut down 
And those people can easily manipulate you if they are not people who are good to you. So it is important that we bring those who are trustworthy close to us. Don't just bring anyone who smiles at you close to you. Because you will believe what they say. You will believe everything that they do. And you will take it as something that is going to help you. So you need to be careful who you bring close to you. Number 14. Love hopes all things. Love never takes failure or defeat. When you love somebody, when you love the people that God has brought into your life, any form of relationship, make sure that you don't take failure and you don't take defeat because the enemy does not want us to flourish in our relationships. The enemy does not want us to keep our relationships intact and therefore he's always going to Try and bring discouragement in as far as our relationships are concerned. The enemy will always come and say, this is never going to change. This is never going to become better. But I want us to know that love hopes in all things. Love never takes defeat. Love never accepts failure. Love says, I am going to triumph over whatever challenge that I am faced with in my relationship. So if we cultivate love in every relationship that we are in, we are not going to fail in those relationships and we will not take defeat. Somebody say amen. Number 15, endurance. Love endures all things. Love never gives up. That is why, the reason why God loved us so much. The Bible says he loved us in the beginning when he created man. He even came every day to check up on men. But then the enemy came and drove a wedge between man and God. But God did not give up. Why? Because he was driven by love. He endured sin and made a plan. He brought Jesus, his only begotten son, to come and reconcile us back to him, driven by love. Why? Because love endures all things. Somebody say amen. Lastly, consistency. Love never fails. Love never fails. No matter what, if there is love in that relationship that God has given you, it is not going to fail. Continue loving your God-ordained spouse. Continue loving your God-ordained friends. Love your colleagues. Love anyone that God has brought your way in as far as the spheres of relationships are concerned. And never, ever give up on them. No matter what. Because remember we said love, when, when we have to talk about love and when we have to receive love or give love, we need to put in the work. So each and every day, let us work on ourselves so that then our relationships 
will work. The only time our relationships will work, it is when we put in the work in ourselves. Somebody say amen. So consistently, we need to continue loving even when people are not lovable because of what they are doing and because of the fact that they cannot receive love. But let us continue loving them step by step as they work on themselves and as we work on ourselves, that love will be reciprocated to us and we will be able to receive that love and we will enjoy that love because love never fails. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, God himself is love. So if it happens that maybe everything else that I have said, you don't know how are you going to start manifesting all of these characteristics. The first step is to say to God, you are love. And therefore you have all of these. Can you help me? So that I can thrive in relationships. So that my life can be of meaning because it is through relationship, through relationships that life thrives. And all of those relationships will only thrive through love. So let us love one another. But more than anything else, as I pray, we need to love ourselves first. Let all of these characteristics that I have counted since last week and today Go through them and manifest them for yourself first. Because the Bible says we must love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So if we don't love ourselves the way we should love ourselves, we are not going to be able to love our neighbors. We're not going to be able to love those we are in relationships with. We're not going to love those that God has brought our way who are our neighbors because we don't love ourselves. We can master loving ourselves by asking God to help us love ourselves. Can we stand? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We honor you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you are love. And each and everything, oh God, that is supposed to be manifested by love, is in you. And therefore, Lord, we ask, as we have opened up our hearts this morning, that you fill us with your love, fill us with yourself. Help us to love ourselves so that we can be able to love our neighbors. As you have commanded us, Lord, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, help us to love ourselves in a meaningful way. And then let love live and let love flow to our neighbors. We give you praise and we honor you, O oh God, that our relationships are going to be so healthy. Many shall ask and we will say it is because God is love. We will point all the glory to you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you praise and we honor you. And somebody say amen and amen. Come on, clap your hands and bless him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. 
please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.